Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izarra. In today's episode of Mamas con Ganas, I'm interviewing Adacelis Perez, certified life coach and author. Recently, Ada published a book titled Anxious Mom, Anxious Child, A Mother's Journey from Anxiety to Serenity. In it, she shares her journey in searching for peace of mind as a single mother after divorce and illness. She also offers insight into practical techniques that mothers dealing with anxiety can implement in order to forge deeper connections with their children while relieving stress and creating more intentional living. Ada, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. So excited to be with you and with your um, followers of Mamas con Ganas. Ada, you've had a fascinating career in communications. You're a two-time recipient of CNN's Peabody Award certificates. You've worked as a publicist for internationally renowned news anchors, orchestrated major public relations and social marketing campaigns. In short, you've helped develop successful communications programs for some of the world's leading organizations. Wow, and now you're a life coach and an author. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal background and where you grew up? Life coming full circle, Valentina, is Absolutely. the best way to describe it. Yes. Well, I've been in Atlanta for over 20 years, but I am a native islander, grew up in Puerto Rico, born and raised um, in Arecibo, and I am an islander at heart. I love all things nature, especially the beach and salsa. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big salsa lover. <laughs> and I got married in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you I did. told you. That. Yes, wow. yes, yes. Puerto Rico all the way. Ada, your book is called Anxious Mom, Anxious Child, A Mother's Journey from Anxiety to Serenity. I read it and it's a memoir slash self-help book. And why did, I would like to know why, you know, what made you um, have the courage to write such a personal journey and story? Yes, Valentina. Indeed, it was a personal story that I was reluctant to share at first, but the calling to write a book was stronger than my fears. It is a journey um, of healing. It is my story uh, following my divorce and um, years of suffering, anxiety, and depression, and um, illness. And I wanted to share my story with other women that might be undergoing stress, anxiety. And I wanted my story to be um, a sign of hope for those who feel that they, they might be suffering from anxiety and um, have no, not, not much information about it, what to do, what, what um, steps can they take to improve their symptoms and heal from their own fears um, that they might be experiencing. Yeah. And I read your book and I, one of the things that I love the most about the book is the fact that the reader gets into your mind. It's almost like a journey through the thought process of Ada, which I find very endearing because it's almost as if, you know, we're able to read your thoughts, get inside your head and almost unedited. You never in at any point of the book, pretend that you're perfect or know all the answers. It's sort of like the journey through your um, discovering of, oh, maybe I did this, but maybe I should have done it this way. And then auto correcting as you go. And I think as mothers, that's what we all, you know, if we're always trying to improve ourselves, that's what we're actually doing because we never get perfect. But if you start going through that self-journey, 
uh, or self-help journey, that's what we end up doing as mothers. Do you agree? Is that? I totally agree. And I, I get um, a lot of comment and feedback uh, from readers who like the idea that it's an easy read and that they can relate to the, you know, the monkey mind and all the thoughts that come with stress, with constant worry. And the truth of the matter is that I was going with the flow when I wrote this book and I did not want to um, mask my thoughts, my feelings. I really wanted to uh, represent the actual um, working of your mind and expose really what anxiety is about. And in my case, it was mostly about obsessive negative thoughts. And it is um, something that I feel we should be able to discuss more openly. Um, Absolutely. Mental health, yeah, mental health is a, it's, it's a topic that I am passionate about, uh, Valentina. And um, I, I, take, I take a step back and I look at experiences in my life when um, talking freely about um, suffering from anxiety and depression was a taboo. I think uh, over the years, we are, um, we're more open to discussing these this topics and that, that is a wonderful thing. And if not for others... I would have never felt uh, compelled enough to share my story in this in this personal raw way. But the the but the book is intended to feel like someone is sitting next to you telling them the story. I am talking to women directly, one on one. I am being vulnerable because I want uh, to connect with other women in a sincere, honest, um, and um, straightforward way. Yes, and I and you know it's incredible because as mothers. We understand when I was reading it and you're going through, you know, the thought process in your mind and all the worries and anxieties that you were going through at any moment and in time, I found myself saying to myself, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who stresses out about all these things. And it was constantly asking themselves, am I, am I doing this right? Am I a good enough mother? Am I setting the right example? Am I transferring the values that I want to my children. It's all these questions and our, it's like our mind, it's on never, it's like on, on an engine that like, that is never, that never stops. And unless, you know, we take these, um, we start implementing certain things in our lives. Like you talk about a lot about implementing, for example, um, the meditation into your life and then different activities that you start doing with your son as you start seeing that it starts making a change not only in your presence but in his presence as well um and i and i love that because you know like i said it's it's this vulnerability and then the ability to say okay i'm gonna do start doing all these things to make my life better and it's just it's an incredible journey and the journey was not a quick one. There is a reason why um, I call it a journey. It's because it took me years to get there. There were yes. times um, when I felt uh, really lost. And I am now able to um, enjoy a, a deeper connection with my child. I am now able to enjoy um, a loving relationship, a career that I'm passionate about. Um, I, I am so fortunate to to be able to enjoy so many blessings because I am blessed and I am really lucky to have a, a wonderful life and, um, and 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 I'm blessed and, and I can look back now and uh, be glad and, and, and appreciative of the of the journey. But yes. it wasn't always that way. There were moments years back when I would look at myself in the mirror and not feel that I knew where I was going. There were times when a weekend came when I was alone with my son and by myself in my bedroom, you know, sheets over my head um, and just wondering what happened? How did I get here? Who's, gonna, who's going to help me? I, I mean, for those of us who, um, have come to the United States and have left our families behind. In my case, most of uh, my families were either in another different state or in Puerto Rico. And um, I really felt like that I was alone in a way. I, I had friends, good friends for many, many years who had supported me and to this day continue to support 
me. Um, but you and I know that there are certain moments when we are alone at home with our children where it's, it's not our friends, it's not our families even who are there to, to take us out of despair. It's something, it's an inside job and we need to dig deep. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's definitely an inside job. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I completely agree with that. And it's, it's almost as if we are the ones who have to pick ourselves back up. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we have to be that you know, that Prince Charming that everybody dreams about that is supposed to rescue you. We have to be our own Prince Charming, the one that comes to our rescue. And I think as soon as we as women realize that we're the ones who have to be our own salvation, and obviously, you know, you talk a lot about spirituality. So your faith in God was very important throughout this. And you talk about the importance of prayer and also asking like, you know, something from above to help you through it. And it's that and also the, you know, the moment when you realize, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm going to have to be the one to save myself. And mostly after a divorce. And, and that's one of the things that we also, we have a lot of things in common. I know that the first time we spoke on the phone, it was like, I, I was talking to like a long lost, you know, sister of mine or something. Cause I was like, this is so strange. The amount of things that we have in common. And, um, but, but yeah, um, I want to read a little something that you wrote that because you just said something about you know, finish line and it being a journey. And this was one of my favorite um, little paragraphs here. It says, learning to be a good parent is like signing up for a class that has no end date. There isn't a finish line or a textbook that will guide you through. And when you think you've adjusted to a season in parenting, a new stage reveals itself, requiring you to adjust again. There are always new areas to experience, like a Super Mario Brothers video game. There's always a new level to enter where your abilities as a caregiver can evolve into a better version every time. I love that because it's so true. It's all a journey. We never get to the finish line. And as parents, I, you know, I I could totally relate in the sense that just when you think things are going right, all of a sudden something else happens. And then you have to adjust again, you know, like my son just started middle school and it's a whole new journey. And you took us that through that journey with your, you know, because when you started the journey of, or the, the beginning part of your book, he's little, your son, and then he grows as your journey continues. And then you actually realize that you're having to make those adjustments according to the age that, that he's at. And isn't what life is about, isn't that what life is about, Valentina? Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't constant change. Isn't being in the middle of a storm, looking at the eye of a storm straight up and say, I, I, I somehow I need to make it. I need yes. to make it through this day. I need to um, take care of this child. I need to provide for him. And not only um, phys- physiologically, the, his needs, safety, but also spiritually, the values that I want to instill in this child, I, I need to make it through. But understanding that it's not just a moment in time and it's not something that will get done in a minute or in a week or in six months when the school year is over. It continues. And we have to be willing to grow. We have to yes. be willing to learn. We have to be willing to expand Yes. And to be patient and humble. Cause you talk a lot about humility and the fact that you want to transfer that, that value to your child. And I feel like that's one of the most beautiful things that you can transfer to somebody is, is being, is being a humble individual, you know? Um, uh, and it's interesting because the most beautiful part about your journey is that it's sort of come full circle recently. I mean, you're engaged now, right? Yes. And you found new love. So, I mean, going from, you know, going through a divorce, you know, going into a depression from that, which I, you know, we have that in common as well, that we were both divorced and and went to a depression. And then your um, journey, I mean, you know, you go, you you tell us about the dark aspect of of going through the depression and your whole questioning of, should I take depression pills? Should I not take? And it was, I mean, I've got, I was been there. I've done that. Um, and so you're very honest about the, the, you know, when you reached rock bottom. And when you reach rock bottom, it's when you start making decisions and asking questions that are going to be um, really deter- determine a, um, a moment in your life when you're going to be 
either launching yourself further or staying behind. It's like a marking moment for your the rest of your life. When you when you really have those moments is when you can learn the most about yourself. It forces you to look at the situation and come up with ideas. How can you get creative? How can you push through and often look at the challenge that you are undergoing in a different light? Absolutely. It's, a, it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a chance. But when you're there, you don't, you don't see it that way. But when time goes by, you look back, oh, that was a time, that was the darkest time in my life. And I, and I survived. It. And I survived. And it's incredible because we grow so much from those, from those experiences. And it's as if you can take the worst moment of your life and make it into your biggest blessing. I always say that's the biggest gift. If you're able to receive that gift from God and, and be able to realize that the things that are the hardest that happen in your life are actually there to teach us something. And if we take the time, instead of asking why me, you know, why does this always happen to me? The question should be like, you know, what is the purpose of this happen? Like, what is the lesson that God's trying to teach me through this? Or why not me? Or why, why not, not me? Exactly. Why not me? Or Yes. And it, cause, and it also pushes us to step into a higher level of ourselves. And like and you un- said. Mm-hmm. Understand that we are, we are special, but we are not as special in the sense that Every one of us is here to grow and learn and survive challenges and find strength within ourselves. And it's not, it's, it's not a personal thing. You know, when things happen to us, it's not because we are less than others. We just have to look at it as an opportunity. And um, in, in my book, I also talk about how our views of challenges and problems in life or circumstances are going to determine how our children are looking at challenges and and, and, and difficult circumstances. So if we take uh, the position of being a victim when something goes wrong in our lives, um, we might be sending the wrong signal to our children. Absolutely. Right. So we have, yes. we, we didn't sign up to be the teacher in some areas of our children's life. We think just the teachers are the ones that they're at school. Our jobs is just to put food on the table, tuck them in at night, give them a kiss. Good night. No, our, our role goes deeper than that. Absolutely. And, it's, and there, and there, and the other thing you put in your book was the fact that you realized that not only did you have to give were you having to be aware of the example you were giving your child, but you were also starting to realize and realize that he was there to teach you something. And it's so, there was, a, and I have to find it too, because I have it here somewhere, but it talks about how, you know, when you see your child, and because this has happened to me, or when I'm actually criticizing my child and talking at him, not with, not or I'm talking to him, not with him. And you talk about the difference between those two things as well. After I say, I take, you know, I, I, I say everything I need to. And I, I, if I'm doing it in a critical way afterwards, what I'm finding myself doing now is, well, I'm actually, me estoy regañando a mí misma. I'm not even scolding him. You're catching almost, yourself. You're I'm catching, catching myself realizing. You're catching yourself. Yes, right that I'm actually, there. yes, that actually he's my mirror. My child is my mirror. And what I'm scolding him for is what I need to take accountability for in my life. And it, you know, when I find myself being wise enough to do that, and I'm able to introspect and realize, well, you know, if I'm telling him, for example, you know, you're not, you know, you don't have any follow through, for example, in school, how come you're not turning in your assignments? And I'm scolding him for follow through. Then the question I ask, I have to ask myself, I realize, well, when does Valentina not have follow through? And how can Valentina have better follow through? And I feel like if we do that to one another, when we're criticizing else, if we can examine that thing within ourselves, when we fall short of whatever we're criticizing somebody for, we grow as people and it changes our lives. Beautiful. Very, very well stated. And um, it's something that I personally learned for 
from Dr. Shafalit Sabari. She is uh, the author of various um, books, amazing books on parenting and spirituality. And she talks about conscious parenting in the sense that um, we are never going to be perfect as parents. And we should recognize that we are all in this journey together, trying to be our best, trying to evolve, trying to um, guide our children. But we're not here to change who they are or, you know, squish their desires or their spirit. Yes, I love that. I I actually have that book too. It's a great book. Um, And it makes you think as, as parents that you're actually, oh my gosh, you're supposed to learn more from them than, you know, what you're supposed to teach them. That's like the... But it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to, yes, to, to, grasp. to do. Yes. And on a daily basis, we just pull into so many different directions that we, we don't have enough moments where we are just taking a deep breath and just focusing on what's important. What's important right now? What's important right now? Choosing our battles. What is more important that I that I that I I'm right in this argument with my child, or that I respect the feelings and the emotions of this soul of mine that is in my life, um, and, and and that I am here to to guide but also to learn from. Absolutely, and and can you tell us a little bit now because you've learned so many things through your journey and through your you know through the process of bettering yourself. And uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about just certain key things that you realized? If I implement these things, life just flows better and my relationship and communication with my child is better and I feel more at peace. Can you tell us some of those things? Yes. Well, along the years and throughout the many stages of overcoming and surviving anxiety and depression, I, I, I noticed that the one thing that was the hardest was to take a deep breath every time that I was faced with a challenge. And um, more often than not, I would take a deep breath at the end of the week as opposed to at the end of the hour on a daily basis when I had a lunch break or first thing in the morning. And the incorporating mindfulness, which is now a mission for my life coaching practice to uh, teach women how to um, incorporate mindfulness and become more mindful um, parents, um, to bring a space, to bring that pause into our daily routine, not to wait until we have a storm and our you know, interactions, not to wait until our conversations are just so tense that we cannot really you know, uh, engage with, with our partners, with our um, supervisors at work, with our children. When you are overwhelmed, when you're anxious, when your mind is cluttered, you can't connect. So I teach my clients to take a step back to evaluate what they are doing on a daily basis that is causing them to be more disconnected, more cold, less open instead of more open. So openness in our conversations comes through, uh, you know, I, I, I like to call it my um, my uh, recipe is breathe, where we literally become aware of our emotions. We become aware of our feelings before we engage in a conversation with our children, with our partners, with our um, uh, co-workers, with our supervisors. Become aware of what you are feeling and release any tension, any feelings of anxiety, any feelings of of you know nervousness, any anger that you might be um, feeling deep, deep, deep inside, you must release it in order to come to our conversations and to have a foster, a, a stronger, deeper connection with your children, specifically with your children. Yes, and one—it's almost like a call 
for slowing down because we live such fast paced lives. And you also bring up in the book, you know, the whole um, obsession that we have nowadays with um, social media and our addictions to like the tablet or the phone. And, um, you know, you find you finding yourself even like wanting silence in many moments. Like once you realize how good silence was for you or and is for you, it's sort of like you wanted it to become more a part of your life. And and that needing to like slow down think things, even when life is crazy, because the reality is we have a lot of things to do. We wear a million hats as mothers. So it's not like we could just, you know, take a break in the middle of the day when we're, you know, we're, we're working, uh, you know, we're working women, we're mothers, employees, sometimes entrepreneurs, we're the taxi drivers for our kids, you know, for when we take them to activities and then we have to help them with their homework and the manner when we're the managers of the household. In essence, we have so many things and it's finding those like small spaces of silence and presence, like you said in your book, and implementing all of these things that allow you to live a life where you're still having to carry all of these responsibilities, but you can do it in a way where it's more manageable. And our children are going to point it out very easily. My son reminds me, sometimes I want to get um, this email out and I want to respond to a text right then and there because I'm afraid I will forget. But in that very moment, my son is there. And sometimes he, he admittedly, he's like, um, so I cannot be on my electronics, but you can be on your electronics, mom. And I'm like, whoops. And I catch myself. Oh my goodness. There it is again. The cell phone between us. It is hard because Valentina, we, we live in a different, a different society. Completely. Than, you know, 10, 15, even 20 years ago. It's, uh, I feel like we are adjust into a new a new way of interacting communicating in our modern society but that comes with a prize and it comes also with um, a more uh, responsibility and a more mindful approach to electronics and try to put them aside when when we are in the presence of our children specifically of our children they should be our priority absolutely and i think that's why also mindfulness is coming out and becoming such an important topic of discussion and is becoming more popular lately because we have more need for it because of the pace of this world, because there are so many distractions in our lives that if we actually are not present from moment to moment and catch ourselves, like, like you say in the book, then our life can just sort of pass us by and we're not living in the moment. We're sort of living in the past or in the future or on the phone, but we're not really living in the in the now. In the now. And most of our anxieties are caused by expecting too much from the future, um, anticipating a result of something that's happening in the future, or becoming stuck in the past or repeating the story, the negative story or the things that happened to us in the past. So either one of us either one of those is going to work against us. We should try to stay in the now, moment by moment, focus on what we're doing today as moms, as friends, as professionals in our career. What are we bringing to the table today? What can I do today to stay more present, to be more um, uh, productive, to be more focused? What can I do today to simplify my life today? But don't yes. get too carried away with what will happen in the future. We have to balance our plans for the future with a mindfulness approach so that we can enjoy moment to moment to moment in the now. Now, as a life coach, tell us a little bit about the approach that you take with your clients and what is it that you do in case somebody hasn't heard the, the, you know, the term life coach before. Well, life coach is, is, an, is an interesting uh, mix of wanting to, um, to find tools for personal development and healing um, from emotional. In my case, I do, um, I do life coaching for, for women who want to find um, a, a more zen approach to their existence, 
women who want okay. to attain um, their desires and create the life they want through tools. It is um, a modern, I would call it, a fairly modern profession. It developed over the past 30 years. Um, you might hear um, from the, the likes of Tony Robbins, and um, he's one of the pioneers in the industry. But what it involves I'm is... I'm a big, big Tony fan, by the way. I just, I just came back from his, his leadership conference last week. I'm a, I'm a super Tony fan. Well, yes, he's great. I'm a fan too. I'm a fan too. And um, I, I, love, I love this career because it allows me to um, provide ideas that are um, helping women create the life they want. And we look as life coaches, we look at the future and not as much at what happened in our past. We look at creating what we want from our lives as opposed to analyzing and overanalyzing the pains of our childhood. We look at what is it that is missing in our journey and what is it that we want to add to our experience to make it a more vibrant, a more uh, joyful, a more successful endeavor if it's in our personal life or if it's in our career, what, wherever you feel that something is missing, you go, you devise a strategy, and you work towards attaining that goal. I love it. I love it's, it. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah so I'm a big fan of life coach. I have a life coach myself. My husband has a life coach. And we always say the same thing. It's like, sometimes when we have our sessions, we're about to have our sessions with a life coach, you know, because we live such busy lives, you know, sometimes we question, oh, do I really need this session? And as soon as we step out from the session, we're like, oh, thank God we had the session. It brings such insight. And like you say, it helps you focus on the right thing, on what is it that you want in life? You know, what are the goals that are I want to attain? What can I do to make my life better? What can I bring into my life that will make it more joyful? Like, I think everybody, you know, my, my personal opinion is that everybody should have a life coach in their life, <laughs> you know? And at the minimum, if you can't afford one, you have to be reading books like yours because those are the types of books that are going to be feeding, you know, the, the, the uh, introspection, curiosity of yourself and that are going to be having you questioning your life and questioning what is it that I want for my future what is it that I want to bring into my life so that I can make it, you know, a better life and a more joyful life? Beautiful. And writing a book for me was something that I needed um, and, and that I was um, really hoping to, to achieve, to do, to complete at some point in my life. I never knew when it was going to happen. I always saw myself as an author. Ever since I was a little girl in Puerto Rico, I would write poems. I would um, just dream about writing and just, I would read a lot of um, novelas and just <laughs> Sweet Valley High. Um, oh you, yeah, I remember books. those. I remember those. <laughs> yes. And I would just daydream a lot. And I always felt someday I'll write a book. I never knew what about. And it found me. And when something founds you, when you feel that calling to do something, to get out of your comfort zone, that's when you start growing and becoming the person you were meant to be. You, you know, you often live a life and you're comfortable in your daily routine, but sometimes there's a nudge. There's, there's a nudge that says, mm, I think I would like to do X, Y, Z. I, would, I think I've always dreamt of accomplishing this or that. Where do I begin? Where do I start? And that's where the life coaching practice becomes so useful to so many, um, um, so many people who are looking for guidance in financial manners or, pers or their personal life. Um, their their ro romantic life, too, can be really um, improved if you were someone that have challenges to in your relationship so there's all kinds of uh, coaching available that um, before we didn't really have before it was more limited to what we could find in books or what you know what we could read um, about at school yes. and asking our teachers or our family <laughs> It's true. So, now knowledge is available everywhere. You can find a solution in a book to, to 
to basically solve any problem that you have. And that's a challenge. Yes. It's it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Can you tell us a little bit about, because I love the first time we got on the phone, you told me about, there was like a spiritual aspect to the writing process. Like you would get a nudge at like, I don't know what time in the morning and, and you found yourself being pulled. Like there was almost like a guide. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Well, as I mentioned I really did not know what my book would be about. I knew that at some point in my life I would write a book. I just had the sense that 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 was a passion that I wanted to pursue. And um, I had, um, it was a winter winter morning. I was writing, um, I, I was writing an email to a few friends to let them know what the, what the, takeaways from uh, a meeting, a conference that I had attended about overcoming anxiety and protecting your children from um, the stress that comes from homework. Um, one, of, one, of, um, one of the workshops provided by, by the school that my son uh, goes to, and I was um, so excited to share with them what I had learned, and I was writing about it. And as I was writing about it, I was, I was meaning to just send a few bullets well, ladies, this is what we need to be doing differently. And I started writing and it became two pages and then it became three pages. And I remember having this very clear message come to me that this is, this is it. This is the book. Wow. And from that moment on, I would wake up spontaneously in the morning at 3 o'clock, 3.15, 3.45, 4.15, anywhere between the hours of 3.15 to 4.30 in the morning for weeks, wow. every day without, without an alarm. And I would, I would listen to a voice, a nudge in my shoulder, like someone was tapping me in my shoulder and saying, wake up. And I almost went like this. <laughs> I would look at the clock and I'm like, no way, 3.30, are you kidding me? And I would feel the nudge again, tapping the shoulder. Wake up. Escribe, Ada. Escribe. Wow. I just, I remember it clearly. And it was, it was so unavoidable. It was something I could not ignore. It was a calling. Yes. That's beautiful. Oh, mm-hmm. that was a ring. My my son just stepped in. That's what if you heard the the ding. Um, hold on a second. Hola, estoy grabando. I'll take this part out here. Venga, venga, para saludar. Qué lindo. Ay, qué bello. Oh my goodness, you are a prince. Qué, ¿Qué lindo. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Cómo es tu nombre? ¿Cuál es tu ¿Cómo nombre? te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Dile, Leo. Leo. Ay, okay. qué bello, me lo como. Ay, disculpa, déjame, déjame Tranquilo, tranquilo, aquí te espero, Un ¿eh? Ok, ok, vamos a ver. Leo, estoy haciendo una entrevista, señora Ida. Ok, espérese un segundo. Ay, pa- para que suban para arriba, por favor. Gracias. Qué bello. Ay, gracias. Que lo bendiga. Gracias. Este, es que lo que quería, quería saludar a Mami. Óyeme, ese momento que de esa atención te felicito por darle esa, esa atención en ese momento, porque no es cuando uno es cuando tú querías darle la atención, es cuando él necesitaba. Es la cuando atención. él necesita, sí, claro. es increíble. Un minutito, un minutito. Pero para él. You, you see him, you recognize him, you acknowledge him. Beautiful. Congratulations. There are, children are our biggest teachers because they're so yes. present. And somewhere along the way, we, we lose that. You know, we, yeah, we lose that. I don't know why. And then we, it's like we have to recapture that presence again and sort of go back to our inner child. To be able to, yeah, to to go back to that moment in time when we were just, we had our focus 100% on on who we were talking to and who we were speaking to. And this is why simplifying our lives helps us so much. Because as we continue to add responsibilities and add things to do to our calendar, 
And by the way, sometimes we want to add more things to the calendar of our children as they grow up, which, you know, is not always um, the best thing to do, especially when, when they are feeling stressed or already overwhelmed with schoolwork. Uh, sometimes as parents, we think that we're protecting them by exposing them to more. More information, more information, more opportunities, more classes, more um, extracurricular activities in, in, in our effort to provide more, to make sure that we're covering everything. It's almost like we're micromanaging their life. We can be overwhelming them. Absolutely. So. I completely agree. I think I've been guilty of that in the past, like, you know, because we have, I love to do many activities and my son does too, but sometimes you have to step back and say, okay, when do we have time to take a break? In your book, by the way, you mentioned a couple of activities that you do, that you started implementing and routines and that they're, and they're very, I mean, they're things that are simple that we can do. Can you tell us about some of those things? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, well, first of all, the main message of my book, uh, Beyond Overcoming Anxiety and Becoming a More Present Parent, is connecting with your children at a deeper level and finding moments when the conversation can be that of recognition, of being fully present with that little person in your life. And um, one of the things that I encourage women to do, and I teach this to my clients, is have a nightly routine that allows for time with your child without the rush of, okay, in 10 minutes we have to be asleep. Take enough time for the bath, the book reading, the prayer, the conversation about the day. How was your day? And children at that time of the day, when they're slowing down, hopefully, Electronics have been put away um, for, you know, a, a few minutes. And at this time, there's no, other, there's no other interruption. And you are just there with your child. And you sit down in bed with them. And the conversation should be about how was your day? How are you feeling? How is your heart doing? Exploring, being curious about how they are feeling. And this is a time when I ask my child, what was your favorite part of your day? And you let them talk about their day in their own way, in their, using their own way of words. And they can bring you into their, into their world and into their experience, and you can learn more about how they are really doing. You let them walk you through their day. So tell me about your day. What was your favorite part of your day? Sometimes it's something simple. The response is just so basic. But what you want to encourage is a communication that, that stems from the joy, the joy of the, press, of the present moment. It is also an opportunity to help them be grateful for what they have. Oh, I love that. That moment in your day, this sounds so awesome because of... For example, my son the other day told me his favorite part of the day was losing his tooth. <laughs> of all the things that he could have experienced on that day, and he had a very full day, losing his tooth. Oh, my goodness, Valentina. Such, such a, a beautiful thing. It, it didn't require a toy that was bought. It didn't require a trip to Disney. It didn't require... Um, a, you know, a fancy, you know, ice cream or, or a nice dinner, he lost his tooth. Yes. It's a recognition that sometimes we need to go back to basics. Or to basics. Yes. You mentioned in that book a lot. Like you said, you know, sometimes I realize that the most special moments for my son is just when he's, you know, when I take him to the park and we take the soccer ball and we're just having that interaction and it takes nothing more than a couple of just, you know, minutes with him where I'm giving him my full attention and we're just sort of playing together, you know? Um, and we, and we forget that so many times. Uh, I think I think all mothers at one moment in time have felt that we kind of are almost rushing by those really special moments. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's put him to bed and now you have to eat dinner and now we're going to take a shower, but it's all done in 
in, in a way where you're rushing through it rather than being there and then and enjoying those like little moments. Because as adults, sometimes we realize, we, 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 we fail to realize that those are the moments that, that count. And those moments are not going to be required of us forever. Let's remember that uh, my son is, go, is nine now, but I, I, I am aware that perhaps in a year or two, he no longer is going to want me to spend 30 minutes or 40 minutes with him in his bedroom before he falls asleep. So let's be, let, let's be mindful about the time that we have to really make an impact in the way that they see the world, in the way that they see themselves in the world, in the way that they recognize the blessings that they are um, so uh, lucky to enjoy. Our children, especially our children in the United States, they're blessed and we should make them aware of all the beautiful things that they have on a daily basis in a loving way, not in a... Uh, well, you should be thankful that your mom can provide you X, Y, Z way. Yes. Same thing in the morning as you drive them to school. If you, if you have the opportunity to start the day with a, with a positive message, with a message of hope for the day ahead, with an optimistic view of what's out there for them, um, instead of turning on the radio and having the, you know, the, the yappy, 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 loud music or or just um, conversations that sometimes are so um, negative. Um, even, I'm sorry to say, and I, 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 as you know, I, I worked in a media organization for a long time. Sometimes even the news are charged with uh, such strong language and messages that I don't think young children need around, around them. So even when you're in the car, just pausing and just being um, more centered in our conversations what are we what are we wanting to uh, talk about in the in 10 or 15 minutes from the minute we leave our home to bring them to school well let's take that time and just talk about the day ahead so um, I, I, I believe that you can do well in this test I believe in you I'm sure you can focus you can focus let's let's practice I am focused I'm sure you can enjoy um, math and science. I can learn about math and science. I'm sure you can kick the ball and you can be very fast today when you play with your friends. I am fast. I am smart. I am kind. I'm sure you can smile at your teacher a little more. I am fun. I am happy. I am grateful. I'm sure you can look around at this beautiful school and remember that there are children in the other side of the world somewhere who would only hope, wish, could dream they could come to school. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that time in the car, I have to say, is magical. I've also discovered that for myself. Um, recently, we changed schools for my son, and we put him in a private school that's it's only nine miles away, but it takes us quite a bit of a drive in the morning. And my husband was you know, he, he doesn't like commuting. And he asked me, well, how are you doing with the commute? Like, you must be really hating it. And actually I told him, you know what? I'm finding myself actually really loving the commute because I realized that it's the moment where I really get to interact with my son. And since I don't have to be doing anything except for driving, I tend to be more present in the car and I can have these really amazing conversations where I get to find out about everything and he doesn't have any distractions either because I don't give him my phone in the car. And then we're actually able to connect on a very intimate level in the car. And I've realized that the best conversations I've had with him recently have actually been in the car. But like, yeah, but like you said, <laughs> it, it takes that conscious effort of also, and I completely agree in terms of like being very careful with what you're listening to. And sometimes, because sometimes these morning talk shows it's very, it can be very gossipy and it could send very negative messages. And so, um, and I think that's also part of like the, the, the journey when you start, you know, putting in all this content of like really good self-improvement books and you start reading more about these subjects is that you start realizing and being more conscious about 
the type of messages that you're listening to in terms of what, you know, the, the accounts that you follow on social media, the radio stations that you listen to, you know, uh, even what you watch on TV, because you realize that it all has an effect on your mood throughout mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we have to be careful what we allow, allow absolutely to come into our world. Yes, absolutely. yes. I'm so glad that we've had this conversation. I have a quick question though. What advice would you give your, your younger self? If you could go back and tell her one thing, you know, the Ada that was like, that was dealing with anxiety and, and, and now having learned everything that you have learned, what would you tell her? And I would tell that Ada that was struggling with anxiety that it's simpler than you think. Sometimes we think that the solution to our problems is a very convoluted solution. It's simpler than you think. Just take one step at a time, one thought at a time. And soon enough, things will turn around for you. I love it. I love it. It's just like one step forward. One step at a time. I love that. And it's full of faith. And we all need that in our lives. Um, Ada, where can people buy your book? The book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Wonderful. And where can our listeners follow you on social media? Uh, yes, on social media, you can find me at Breathe and Bloom with Ada on Instagram. And Breathe and Bloom with Ada Perez on Facebook and my website, adacelisperez.com. Wonderful. And remember, the book is called Anxious Mom, Anxious Child, A Mother's Journey from Anxiety to Serenity. Mamacitas, it's a really good book. (laughs) If you're a mother and like, I think we all deal with stress and anxiety. It's something, you know, she shares a lot of messages and a lot of things that she learned along the way that can also help you. I really recommend it. Thank you, muchísimas gracias for being on our podcast today. And on behalf of the Latina community, I want to wish you continued success. And um, I can't wait to see your journey from here. Thank you, Valentina. It was a pleasure. Really enjoyed this conversation. Hey, mamacita, let me know what you thought about today's podcast, the subjects we discussed, motherhood and anxiety, depression, mental health, the monkey mind as mothers, all those things. Go to mamasconganas.com forward slash 21 and let me know your thoughts. Also, I'm going to put a link in there so you can buy Ada's book on Amazon. Hey, it's Valentina. I hope you liked this episode of our podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed me some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create content for other Latinas. Un millón de gracias for subscribing, listening, and sharing our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, please visit our website at mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote. Don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.